Hello, everybody, and welcome to First and Goal, the hardest-hitting up-and-coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the Internet today. It is Tuesday, August 30th in the year 2022, and today we have a lot to get into. We're officially discussing the beginning of college football. The first weekend is underway, week zero, as a lot of people like to call it, and wasn't a whole lot of surprises in there. Did have one game surprise us a little bit. Wasn't even ACC or SEC related. But before we get into that, as always, let me introduce myself. I am your host, Ben Rees, joined here by my co-host, the one, the only, Big Rob. How's it going, brother? What's going on, everybody? Man, I tell you what, it is the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? Absolutely, man, absolutely. When that football gets kicked off on week zero, that's like the jingle bells ringing right there around Christmas time. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. When that first touchdown happened in the Western Kentucky game, Oh my goodness! What a wonderful time to be alive, man. Whenever the, even when they kicked off that game, dude, it was just, it was awesome. Just because you knew college football's here. Yeah, that's on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, man. I'm tell you what, it was a great Saturday. Absolutely enjoyed it. It was just great football. I'm telling you, man. I'm All day. Great football, great football games, man. I mean, just all in all, week zero, you're usually having pretty, you know, pretty weak teams, pretty, you know, you, you have your good teams versus your not-so-good teams, kind of like the, you know, the beginning of season, you've got your, your cupcakes that you play, but there was definitely a couple of good games, but I do got to take a minute to brag on you, though. Those steaks that, we, that you cooked on the grill that night, well, those are some of the best steaks I've ever had. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I always try to do good on the grill. Always try to do the best I can and put the best kind of food on the table for the family and everybody to enjoy. Sucks your wife wasn't able to be here to <laughs> take it in with us, but that's all right. Hey, you snooze, you lose, right? <laughs> uh, good news is, man, we got week one football right around the corner, and uh, heaven knows what what kind of mischief we're going to get into with that. Oh man. It's all the way up from here. <laughs> there you go. And we're going to be wide slap open. There will be no rest for the weird. I'm going to tell you what, I don't know how the hell we're going to keep up with all this. Working full-time jobs and doing this, man, it's going to be going to be a challenge, but I love a good challenge. So. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. The bright side is I'm not coaching football this year, so at least we are able to continue this through football season. Where last year, I kind of screwed us over. <laughs> hey, man, no big deal. We, you know, we just do what the best we can and – you know, let, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. If y'all hear me clear in my throat, I do apologize. I don't know if I got some allergies or what. I've been working in the rain the last two days, so <laughs> hopefully I ain't getting a cold or nothing, but it is what it is. Y'all just got to bear with me. I apologize, but we're going to get through this damn thing. Let's talk a little football. Let's do it, man. How about starting off the most frustrating game? It was one of the most entertaining games of the day. Well, let me phrase that. It was the most entertaining game of the day. It really but it was. pissed me slap off. <laughs> I knew football season was in full effect. It's not really football season until you get real pissed off. Right, exactly. So the game that we're talking about is the game that happened out there in Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. And, you know, Northwestern just 
put up one hell of a game. They never gave up, and they were led by a very familiar name to a lot of SEC fans, the former backup quarterback who played most of the 2019 season, Ryan Holinsky. Yep. And he came out there, and, I mean, he just played a hell of a game, really. Damn near perfect game. Yeah, honestly. absolutely, man. He just – you can tell he's still got the arm. He's always had a great arm, can throw it. I don't know, man. He, he just – he can fire that, that pig skin just like nobody's business. But the thing when he was with South Carolina, he just really wasn't accurate a lot of the times. But looks like Northwestern's kind of improved that for him. He's – you know, he's pretty good on target there. He, I think he missed maybe four or five passes total the whole game. Yeah. Yeah, he did that. And in his defense of South Carolina, since you love to throw out the whole inaccurate thing, he actually did very well. He was not that all that inaccurate. And one thing you keep forgetting is after his literally second game as a starter, he played the rest of the season with a torn meniscus on his throwing leg. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know about very many one-legged quarterbacks out there, but... <laughs> I felt like he did all right. He, he really did good, man. I just <clears throat> I kind of wish that he would have been able to stick with South Carolina, but understand why he did it. You know, more power to him. Hope he, I, I hope that uh, Northwestern and Alinsky can win the Big Ten Championship this year. That, that would be really cool. And, guys, don't get me wrong, it's ACC, SEC football podcast. But we're going to discuss this week's zero. This is the first <laughs> football game we got to watch this year besides the Western Kentucky game. And, I mean, we have a little bit of a robbery going on here. Cause Big Rob's over here pulling for Northwestern because of Helensky. And don't get me wrong. I want to see Helensky do great. But how many of you guys out there in my age range grew up remembering when you heard the Nebraska Cornhuskers, you're thinking of powerhouse football team. Right. You're thinking of a national championship contender. Contending for that Big Ten or at one time Big 12 championship year in, year out. Tough team to beat. And they fell off a cliff and they just haven't come back yet. And I'm fed up with it, y'all. <laughs> I want to see Nebraska do good. It's not even a conference I like, but it's it's like watching cats and dogs eat together from the same bowl. <laughs> Some things just don't fit. Some things ain't right. Nebraska being a crappy football team is not right. And damn it, Scott Frost, you found a way. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man. <clears throat> My personal opinion, Nebraska should have never left the Big 12. They should have stayed in the Big 12, and I think they would probably still be a predominant powerhouse to this day. Scott Frost? I don't know, man. Scott Frost is a good coach. He, he knows what he's talking about, but it just seems to me the games that I've watched where he's coached and it's been a close game, man, they – his teams always choke. I feel like the pressure, the spotlight's too big in Nebraska. Your home school is just too much pressure for him. When he was in Central Florida, he was phenomenal. Great coach. But he just can't get it together in Nebraska. And I mean, don't get me wrong, it's week, it was week zero, guys. Nebraska might turn around and be great the rest of the year. But honestly, who the hell kicks an onside kick winning a two-possession game? <laughs> right? Who does that? I just want to know what he was thinking. I don't know. 
I mean, things are going too smooth. We got to shake things up here, guys. Yeah. We're not rocky enough yet. Let's go ahead and kick that onside. Gamble. Maybe we can run the score up. Let's see what we can do. Da 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 da. We suck again. I mean, it's kind of like watching the Rocky movies. You say <laughs> it's not Rocky enough. It's almost like watching a Rocky movie where he just gets the crap beat out. And he says, hey, I didn't hear no bell ring yet. One more round. <laughs> but the only thing is, with this one here, he gets his ass kicked in an extra round also. <laughs> he just never makes the comeback. No. And you want to pull for him because Scott Frost is really a likable guy. Nebraska, I mean, like you said, man, powerhouse predominantly. I mean, you, you say Cornhusker, you know instantly who we're talking about. And I want to see him do good. I'd like to see him do good in the Big Ten. I mean, I'd like to see somebody other than um, Michigan and Ohio State be the powerhouses in the Big Ten. But Nebraska just ain't it right now. I don't know what it is. I mean, they started off looking great. They started the game off. I said, oh, shit, Nebraska's back. Yeah. That went to hell in a handbasket <laughs> in a hurry. Kalinsky said, hold my beer and watch this. He really did. <laughs> but now that we're past the Big Ten fiasco and the disappointment <laughs> of the day, let's talk about the biggest surprise of the day. Which one? Vanderbilt. Damn it, Rob. I'm trying to do things in an order. <laughs> Big Rob scatterbrained, y'all. Y'all just don't understand. This man sees a squirrel and he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. All right. We'll do it in order. The Florida State uh, Duquesne game. That would be the next game. I mean, at this point, I'm probably about four drinks in after that Nebraska fiasco. <laughs> but yeah, Florida State played Duquesne. I mean, are we really going to call it a game or was this a scrimmage? Because, I mean, let's be honest here. These two teams do not belong on the same football field together. They really don't. They really don't. Three of Florida State's running backs had 100-yard rushing games. One thing, I'm glad you made that point because that is one thing I will say I am pleased about watching this game. Is Florida State the last couple of years has not stuck to a good rushing attack. They've been a rushing team, I guess you can call it that, but it's been led by the quarterback the whole time instead of using that very talented, great backfield they got. And it looks like from what I've seen in the spring game and in this game here, they're finally trying to lean on those running backs a little bit and go back to more so of a traditional Florida State of we're going to run the ball down your throat. We're going to have some great backs. We're going to have a shifty back and a power back in the same backfield. Come stop us. Absolutely. If you can. Absolutely. Play very physical defense also. Yeah. I mean, and of course, this is Duquesne. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, division, I don't even know if they're Division One, if they're low Division Two, what they are. But they just didn't need to be on the field with a Florida State. Let's just be honest here. So, I mean – First impressions are what they are. They the offense looked good. The op the you know the running backs, like I said, hundred yard games for three of them. Your quarterback, I mean he he looked really good back there too. Had uh, had a couple decent runs himself. The offensive line looked bangering. I mean it was just all around a good game. Defense was spot on, but I'm kind of interested to see what they do this next week against LSU. I still seen some things with the offensive line. 
I didn't love. Even against Duquesne, I seen some missed blocks, and the running backs really made them look good in a lot of scenarios. Mm-hmm. I would like to see a lot more. I mean, my biggest takeaway from this, honestly, is good for Florida State. They started the season off 1-0 for the first time, I think, is since either 2018 or 2016. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> They're starting the year off 1-0. So that's great news for Seminole fans. Good confidence booster. And it just it gives you more, more than anything. It gives you an extra game-like scrimmage practice, whatever you want to call it. Right. Prepare yourself for LSU. But... Like I said, there's still some things in O line that's got to be fixed. I'm still seeing some things I don't really care for a whole lot with the quarterback. <clears throat> I think Jordan Travis has tremendous ability. Absolutely. Tremendous potential. But I'm still seeing him with this tendency of wanting to pull down and take off and run when he doesn't need to. Why not just throw the ball away and get it out of bounds? Or in a goal line situation where you got an option play, you can see where the running back's going outside. If he makes the pitch, the running back's going to go in the end zone untouched. But instead, he decides to keep it and takes a shot from two different guys going in the end zone. Yes, he got the score. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's nice to see a quarterback call their own number every now and then, a little vote of confidence and all that. But at the same time, this is the first game against of the season. It's against Duquesne. It's not Miami. Right. It's not NC State. It's not Clemson. Right. So why would you want to take the shot, just going off of what you were saying, why would you want to take the shot to risk yourself getting injured for the entire season against Duquesne? Exactly. I get it. Who doesn't want to get a touchdown? Who doesn't want to do that? But at the same time, you need to play like you've been here before. Right. And this is not year one. This is not year two. This is year three of Jordan Travis with starting time with this offense. It's time to forget about padding individual stats and start thinking about, hey, do I want a career beyond college? If I'm going to get to the NFL, I need to take care of myself. Right. I need to make better decisions for the team. Instead of trying to get a little bit of spotlight now, why not play a little bit smaller and get a little bit – do better for yourself down the road. Right. I mean, Jordan Travis's M.O. the last two years has been injuries. A lot of that is from taking unnecessary shots. Yeah. Putting yourself in positions to get hurt. You got to take care of yourself, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm telling you right now, in week number two against LSU, no, sir. <laughs> this ain't a team you want to be out there trying to go man up with another guy. Absolutely. And I hope this team's ready to play. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, <clears throat> the only thing that I worry about is the hangover on this game. Yes, you beat. Duquesne 47-7, but don't go into LSU with a big head. And you should not have a big head for beating a small school like this. It's like uh, Mike Tomlin said about Mason Rudolph. If you send a varsity football team to play against a JV football team, you expect them to look like the varsity team beating up a JV team. Right. 
You should win. You should kick ass. Ain't nothing to be proud of. Ain't nothing to brag about. You just want to go out there and get it over with, see what you look like. It's another glorified scrimmage. Get one in the books. Get your confidence up just a little bit, feeling good. They'll go play real football. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, <clears throat> but to their credit, they did lose to Jacksonville State last year, who was D2, so. <laughs> That's true. Just saying. <laughs> Things are looking up. But that gives Florida State one win closer to bowl eligibility. This is true. This is true. But hopefully they can take the takeaways from this game, take what they've seen. Look at the offensive line. Look at a few of the holes in the defense. Straighten some things up. Hit Jordan Travis over the hill with a two-by-four. <laughs> Tell him, take care of his damn self. Quit putting yourself in harm's way. Maybe ha- let him have a therapy session with RG3 or somebody. <laughs> that could talk some sense into this young man. Or something. <clears throat> I'm talking about holes in the defense. It's going to the next game. North Carolina beats Florida A&M 56 to 24. First things first. How about the quarterback Drake? Oh, bo. That dude, I mean again, this is Florida A&M, so you really can't say too much. But he looks legit. I think his name is Drake May. Drake May, you're right. Looked sensational for his first game as a starter. Spotlight yeah. did not look too big. He looked a little nervous at in the, the pregame. He looks like he was about to cry. He was nervous as all get out. And finally, he broke that scramble. Scramble, and that confidence just went through the roof. Oh yeah! Once he once he had that nice run for a first down, man, took a little shot at the end of it. It's like he woke up. He's like, you know what? I can do this. Yep. And boy, he, did he look impressive! I tell you, it's. ACC, take notice. Drake Mays in the building. Absolutely. Absolutely. This man looks sensational. The rushing game in North Carolina looked great. The receiving room looked great. Offensive line looked great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, once again, this floor AM is a team that was way down on depth, by the way. Yeah. But with the good, there's also the bad. Here comes the bad. You let Florida A&M put up 24 points on you. And they was moving the ball at will pretty well Yeah, for a lot of the game. I'm amazed. If they could have put – they stalled out numerous times. There was not very many three and outs. They moved the ball when they wanted to move it. Right. Just turnovers, little silly things. Stalling out on dumb penalties, shit like that, stuff like that, excuse me. <laughs> and – they shot themselves in the foot. I'll be honest, this football game looked a lot closer than what it was. Especially for the first half. Absolutely. And if you're a North Carolina fan, I hate to say this, but you got to be concerned right now. Because last year you had an issue. You had a major issue with your linebacking core. It wasn't the best in the world. But more so, your secondary last year was pretty bad. And in that bowl game in Charlotte against South Carolina, 
it really got exposed. Yeah, it was almost non-existent. And the whole offseason now has been a big question in North Carolina. Is, are we going to fix the secondary? And they thought they had. And unfortunately, I don't see it. No, no, uh-uh. There was very big holes out there, especially playing a Florida A&M team. I mean, way too much cushion being given. There was a lot of cushion, a lot of zone. Blown assignments. Yep. North Carolina likes to run a lot of zone from what I was able to see, and they were just sitting right. The wide receivers would come in right below the zone, man, and they were just open and getting, you know, three or four yards after catch at the very least. Well, the thing is, a lot of times when you run a cover two, all right, you got your two safeties covering deep better. There's a little bit of a gap between your safeties and your linebacker. It's up to your linebacking core to be able to stop the pass underneath the safeties. Right. Also, it's up to the safeties to be able to get a break on the ball to get up there to it. Right. And you're just getting beat all the way around. Cornerbacks were not getting very good coverage. They were not able to stick to the receivers all too well. The safeties were letting balls go left and right underneath them. The linebackers were not getting deep enough to protect the pass. And, I mean, Florida A&M really was picking them apart, honestly. They really were. Once again, the score was 56-24. The simple truth of this game is Florida A&M's defense could not keep up with the North Carolina offense. Right. But if they had a defense, a good defense, this could have been a very close ball game. But here's the thing, though. I mean, they go into this game lacking depth. A lot of their guys were either they were ruled ineligible for whatever reason. So, I mean, they were, you know, they were really beat from the beginning as far as depth goes when it comes to North Carolina. Well, just my thing is, all right, their defense cannot stop North Carolina offense. That's all it was. That's literally all it was. They couldn't keep up. But what happens when you go against a Miami Hurricane? Tell a Florida State defense. Florida State's defense didn't look bad. Virginia Tech? Those games there, man, those defenses are going to be a little bit tougher. You're not going to hang 56 on your opponent every week. What happens when you face North Carolina State? Oh, that's tough defense, man. That's a good-looking defense. <laughs> but you're not going to be able to hang 56 on your opponents every week. But if Florida A&M can hang 24 on you, what are these other schools going to put on you? Oh, yeah. It does not. Unless they get this defense fixed, it's not leaving this offense much room at all for error. Right. And unfortunately, that's going to put a whole lot of additional pressure on Drake May. Right. And I think that's part of the problem they had last year with Sam Howell, honestly, is I think he had a little too much pressure on him. And he honestly went into every game with the mindset of, I have to score on every single drive. Because if I don't score, they will. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that forced some bad decisions from Sam Howell, throwing some interceptions and – very costly times. Yep. 
causing him to hang on to the ball for too long, trying to look for a man open down the field, trying to basically trying to hit a home run every play. Yep. And you can't do that. No. So not in this league. That being said, North Carolina, I wish you luck. Mac, I want you to see I want so bad to see you do good, man. I don't want to see another year like last year. But if you don't get a fix, could be another long year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, there was a bright spot on that defense. That de- defensive line, but ain't they some men out there? Oh, that, that North Carolina defensive line is sensational. Yeah. Every man on that defensive front is either a five- or four-star player. Yeah. And, I mean, they were in the backfield just about every play. Oh, absolutely. But even then, 24 points. Yep. You got to have all 11 men on the field doing their job. Absolutely. That's why football is such a great team sport because you got 11 men on that field. Nine of them can be doing everything perfect. But if them other three take the playoff, that can be the difference in winning a game and losing. It's just how it goes. You ain't lying. But that being said, why don't we switch over to our SEC game <laughs> of week zero, the game that you uh, – I know you were so, so anxious to get into. <laughs> and I just want to point something out for a minute, guys. You never get to say this ever. But I'll have all of you know, as of this moment, the Vanderbilt Commodores have the best record in the SEC. Yep. Huh? That is crazy. Crazy to think about. Vanderbilt is 1-0. 1-0, Vandy. Good job, fellas. And the way they did it, 63-10 to over Hawaii. I figured it was going to beat Hawaii. After seeing all the fiasco of why it's gone through this offseason, I figured it was, they was going to beat them by numerous scores. But I'm telling you right now, I did not see Vandy hanging 63 on Hawaii. Not at all. Not at all. And only allowing 10 points at that. I don't see Vandy hanging 63 on Charleston Southern. <laughs> and they did it on Hawaii. Yeah. I mean – whether you love them or hate them, that's still a D1 school. You know, a lot of people are saying that, hey, Bandy has finally made it. I get it. There's a lot to be happy about, especially against the Hawaii team. But remember, brand new coach, transfers. Their team last year, just about every single one of them transferred out. Starters. Every single starter. Yeah. For one reason or another. So you're playing new guys. So, I mean, yes, 63 to 10 is something for Vanderbilt to be very, very happy about. But don't go thinking you're going to win the SEC high. Mm -mm. But one thing I will say, man, is I was very impressed with how Vanderbilt operated. The quarterback looked great. Dual threat quarterback. It's amazing what a difference that can make in a team. Because I'm going to tell you what. This is the difference. You heard me talking about Jordan Travis, the Vanderbilt quarterback. Dual threat quarterback. Ran the ball well and threw the ball very well. Mm-hmm. But when he ran the ball, he got out of bounds. He slid. He didn't take no shots. Mm-hmm. You've seen him throwing the ball out of bounds, getting rid of it when he didn't need to. He took care of himself. 
And by doing that, he also stayed sharp through the whole game. He gets his bell wrong. And did you recognize the quarterback that played? Mm-mm. He was the same quarterback that played against South Carolina that almost beat South Carolina last year. Was it really? Yes, sir. I'll be damned. He looked very good. He looked very sharp. Yes, sir. But the running backs looked really good. They had a great rush tank. The offensive line really stood out to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, they manhandled that Hawaii defense the whole night. And at first, I mean, Hawaii marches down the field and hangs a touchdown right off the bat. And I was like, oh, boy. Here we go. go again. Here's Vandy. <laughs> Vandy showed up to the party, guys. Here we go. <laughs> and then Vandy came back with two touchdowns to run. So it's 14-7. I was like, damn. Vandy might be doing something here. Then they make a nice defensive stop, but they get a rough in the pass for penalty. Puts Hawaii right there at field goal range. Then it's 14-10. I'm saying, oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. This is Vandy. And then they just go on a damn run. Yep. I mean. Hawaii never smells the end zone again. Let's say I know Vandy's got 63 and Hawaii's still at 10. I said, jeez, what the hell happened here? Yeah. I mean. Say whatever you want. This is the first time in several years, really. Even last year when they gave South Carolina a game, let's be honest. Vandy didn't play good that night. No. South Carolina played horrible. Yeah. That was one of the hardest watch football games I can remember in a yeah. long time. Yeah. Especially as a South Carolina fan. Yeah. <laughs> but what? Saturday night was one of the first times in a long time to me where Vandy looked like a legit football team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, man, quarterback play was great, but what about that defense, man, those linebackers? Oh, man, they were headhunters. Yeah. The whole team, that's what I'm saying, the whole team just played very much in flow with each other, in sync with each other. It just it looked like a good football team, and I think Clark Lee is really – Really getting on something here. Now, am I saying Vanny's about to make a run of these? No, absolutely not. Oh, no, no, no. But I don't think this is the first time of the year Vanny's going to surprise us. I don't either. I think we're going to see – I already see improvement in the team, but I think we're going to see a, prove, a pretty good improvement in that win-loss record. And I don't think that Vandy is going to be the cellar dweller that they've been the last few seasons this year. I mean, they're, they're still probably going to be down there at the bottom. They're going to be amongst the bottom, but they ain't going to be the very bottom, I don't think. In the East? In the East. Uh, I don't know. We'll see at the end. We'll see at the end. Uh, I still got Vandy dead last. <laughs> we shall see. But, with all that being said, guys, it was a great weekend. Makes me that much more excited for the actual week one of college football. We got games Thursday night. We got games Friday night. We got games Saturday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. And Monday. Got a full weekend of football ahead. I'm going to have to swing by the liquor store and get me another bottle of rum because I don't have <laughs> enough to last for all this. Probably another two or three bottles, actually. Hold up now. I don't drink that much now. Come on now. <laughs> but, well, I mean, if we're going to smoke all night on Friday... Smoke, meat, that is. smoke a hog. Smoke, smoke a meat. 
Don't, don't put that on me. <laughs> Hell no. But anyways, while we're discussing that, why don't we get into... We're going to get into this upcoming weekend. We're going to look at a couple of these games, preview them, and also give our score prediction on these games coming up this weekend. We're going to start off tonight. We're going to go over Thursday night's football games. we got two ACC games and two SEC games going on. Yes, sir. And it looks like it's going to be a great, great Thursday night of football. Absolutely. And my f- favorite game already right off the rip, we're going to discuss the ACC first. Mm-hmm. Thursday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN, we got West Virginia traveling right down the road to Pitt, number 17 in the country, to kick season off. The revival of the backyard brawl. Yes, sir. And I am excited about this game. Oh, yeah. I think this is going to be a hell of a game to really kick off. This is going to be a, one. This is going to be a Jim Ross slobber knocker. Absolutely. But don't hate me, Pitt fans. <laughs> you might want to cover your ears up. You ain't gonna like this. I got Pitt going down in this one. What's your final on that one? I'm taking West Virginia 31, Pitt 21. Ooh, a 10 point game. And I'll give you my reasons why. All right. Pitt lost their star quarterback. Who's been a great player for them? I mean, the last three years, you lost the best wide receiver in all of college football. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm hearing a lot of great things about this new quarterback in Pitt. I'm still hearing a lot of good things about the offense, head coach, the vibe, everything's good. But West Virginia, man, they started turning the page last year in the program, really starting to get it turned around a little bit. They had a rough 2020 season, but last year, they had a lot of flashes of some really good moments. They had a very close game in Oklahoma. They beat the brakes off Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. West Virginia's a physical football team, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are very, very physical. They will punch you in the damn mouth, and they'll hang some points on you in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. West Virginia's always been a team that you never sleep off. And if you're pit, I just think – Going against a very physical football team week one that's going to have a very opportunistic defense. It just, it's not a good spot for you to start the season off. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I've got, and again, mm-hmm. pit fans, my apologies to you. Cover your ears. Please just don't turn us off. My apologies, but I've got West Virginia winning this game 27-21. to 21. Got a little closer, me, a little closer. What's your reasons? Pretty much the same that uh, what you're talking about, man. You're losing your quarterback. You've got an unproven back there. You've lost a lot to the transfer portal. You've lost your, your receivers. Defense is questionable at that. So I just – I don't – I don't see Pitt being, at least his first game, the Pitt of last year. No, I don't either. And not to mention the championship hangover. Yeah. You're ACC champions. You're feeling good about yourself. And you're playing a team that feels very disrespected, honestly, and yeah. very hungry to get back to where they used to be. And 
Oh, by the way, did I mention JT Daniels is the starting quarterback for West Virginia? I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, the Georgia transfer, who was a Heisman candidate starting year last year. Yep. Good luck, Pitt. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I just – guys, I hate saying that for you Pitt fans, but I just – it's going to be a tough one to start the year off. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think it's going to be a dog fight. But I think Pitt's just a little too much coming out the gates. I wholeheartedly agree. Our second ACC game that week, or excuse me, on Thursday evening, second ACC game of the evening, will be kicking off at 7.30 p.m. on ACC Network, and we got Wake Forest versus VMI, whoever the hell that is. I think that's the Virginia Military Institute. So they're the JV to Army and Navy and Air Force? Pretty much. So they're playing Coast Guard? Basically. I'm just kidding. I ain't knocking. I ain't knocking. Hey, I respect all those guys. Absolutely, man. Respect the hell out of all y'all. Thankful for everything they all do. But this is going to be a ugly one. Yeah, I got to agree. I got my score. Wake Force, 49, VMI 10. 49 to 10. Even with Sam Hartman being gone. Let's be honest, Wake Forest, they develop players. So, with Sam Hartman missing the first few weeks of the season, we're still not sure exactly when he's going to be back. But even with him being out, you know damn good well his backups have been spending a lot of time with him. From what I've heard, Sam Hartman is an absolute team player all the way, so you know he's spent a lot of time with the kid, helping him come along. This kid's going to be ready to play. And, I mean, he's still got a great rushing attack. Still got a pretty good defense. Got some great receivers out there. It's going to be too much. Way too much. I agree with you to a point. I do think Wake Forest pulls this one out in the end. I don't think Wake Forest is going to hang 40-some points on the Virginia Military Institute. I really don't. For the simple fact that it is a new quarterback. You have lost a couple of pieces in your running back room. They're still going to be good no matter what. Defense is still top-notch. But I got Wake Forest winning this 28-10. 28-10? Yes, sir. Over VMI High School? <laughs> yep, 28-10. I think it's going the to take disrespect. a quarter. I think it's going to take a quarter for them to pull everything together. But they have you talking about smoking meats. I'm starting to watch you do smoke something different, right? <laughs> 28 to 10. 28-10 is what I've got. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Listen, if I go to Winston-Salem to see a Wake Forest game, I ain't sitting by you. Because <laughs> these people are going to want your head on the stick. That's, I that's didn't disrespectful. pick Virginia to, to win. I picked them to lose. That's disrespectful. <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I apologize for my colleague. I didn't realize he was under the influence when we went on air, apparently. <laughs> I'm not under the influence. I'm just I'm thinking I'm thinking logically here. I hope that they pull out. I hope that they hang out. Uh, don't even start. Don't even start. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. All right. On to the SEC. We're going to get out of that whole disrespectful situation. I'm sorry. <laughs> on to the next. 
But through Thursday night, so far we have the ACC being 2-0 on Thursday night football. <clears throat> then, also on Thursday night, 7 o'clock p.m. kickoff on the SEC Network, we got the Tennessee Volunteers taking on Ball State. And I got to tell you, man, Ball State had a pretty good season last year. Oh, yeah. They played some good football last year, didn't they? Really good football, man. I mean, they made the made bowl game, ended up finishing 6-7 and seven overall. They really did, man. I mean, I, I mean, they're feeling pretty good about themselves to a degree. But, boy, they really crapped the bed drawing Tennessee in week one. <laughs> they really did. This is going to be at Tennessee. That stadium is going to be rocking. Oh, yeah. The mustard's going to be flying. <laughs> Rocky Top's going to be blaring. And Ball State's going to be getting the crap kicked out of them. I'm going with Tennessee 49. Or excuse me, Tennessee 45, Ball State 14. I don't have this one being close at all. Let's be honest here. Josh Heupel, that offense they got. Tennessee is a legit SEC East contender this year. They can, they can shake some things up. And... Honestly, I feel like this team can almost write their own destiny kind of this year. They're a dark horse, in my opinion. I agree. Way, I really agree. Way too much for Ball State. Way too much. What was Tennessee's Achilles heel last season? Happy Meals? <laughs> that was the season before. Mustard. <laughs> defense. Their defense wasn't great last year. But it's year one under Josh Heifel and staff. Their goal last year was to put together an offense and score points. That was their number one objective. Mm -hmm. And they did that. They did do that. In crazy fashion. They, it really was crazy fashion. I tell you. I have a ton of respect for Tennessee's offense. That's why I'm picking them to win. Defense is still a little bit of a question mark. I'm, I'm more of a show me what you can do on defense sort of thing, but I'm picking Tennessee to win 42 to 27. Okay. I mean, it's not as insulting as Wake Forest, one, but <laughs> I can get down with that. I mean, Tennessee did have a few defensive issues last year, but. To me, the way that staff focused so much on the offense last year and it improved it the way they did, and they've been saying all offseason, we're going to fix the defense. The offense is plug and play now at this point. If that defense improves half as much as the offense did, mm -hmm. it's going to be a hell of a football team. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. It's going to be a very dangerous football team. Dangerous. Ball State, you got a rough night ahead of you Thursday night. Yep. I wish you all the best, but uh, we're going on over Rocky Top, over Rocky Top, Rocky Top, Tennessee. Yes, sir. All right. And then our last SEC game of the evening, Thursday night. I did not write down the kickoff time on that one. That tells you how much. <laughs> kickoff time, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, Eastern Standard Time on ESPNU. All right. Louisiana Tech. And Mizzou. Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers. Yes, sir. All right. You want to go first on this one? I'll go first on this one. 
Let it rip. Missouri has a pretty good offense. Defense, not so much. I do think this is going to be a pretty entertaining game, pretty close game. You're starting out with a new quarterback, new wide receivers and whatnot. Uh, I've got to go Missouri for the win, 24, Louisiana Tech, 17. Let's hear the score one more time. I'm sorry. 24 to 17. 24-17? Okay. Okay. I, I can get down with that. I'll say the same thing. I feel like Missouri, though, is going to be a little bit better offensively than what you're saying. After all, they did get the transfer wide receiver out of Pitt, the best wide receiver in college football, arguably, this year. Yes, sir. Quarterback play. You got the same quarterback who played outstanding in the bowl game yeah. last year. Got some youth out there. But defense was a big problem last year. Mm-hmm. If you just stick with what you know on offense, run the ball, pound it up the middle, throw a few nice pass plays here and there off the play action, you should handle Louisiana Tech. I just don't think they're going to keep up score-wise. I got Missouri taking them down 38-21. to 31. 38-21. I like it. I think Louisiana Tech is still going to find a way to hang some touchdowns on you just because until proven otherwise, kind of like you said, I just – Eli drinking with some defenses has not been too great in Missouri. It's been way too inconsistent. Yep. I agree wholeheartedly. So – that's that, man. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Yes, sir. But that's going to wrap up Thursday night, guys. That's going to be all we covered this evening. Hopefully tomorrow evening, either Big Rob be over here. If he's not able to get over here tomorrow evening, I'll do a little solo session with you guys. We're going to discuss Friday night's games and maybe kick into a couple getting into Saturday. And then hopefully the Thursday before the game starts or something, we're going to try to roll through the rest of Saturday's games. If not Thursday, we get on Friday. That sounds good to me. But with all that being said, guys, I just want to say I appreciate everybody tuning in once again. Can't do this without y'all's support. Always love to discuss football with y'all. The season's here. I'm excited. We're going to have a ton of content week in, week out. We still got some news we got to touch on. We got to discuss that when we discuss Friday night's football games because it involves those teams. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I think this has been a good one. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's always good to get in here and be able to talk a little bit of football. I know we were a little bit absent last week uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, but we're back. We're ready to talk a little fo- bit of football, and it's here, fellas. We made it. That's right. Well, y'all, if you don't mind, how about hit that share button, like, subscribe, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Feel free to message us, ask questions, give us some of your thoughts, some of your feedback. Always love hearing from you. Hey, Pit fans, if you want to argue what we had to talk about with this one, hit us up on Facebook. We'll talk it out. Love to hear your opinion. Or to Instagram or to Twitter. Or to Twitter. Or to Instagrams. That's right. But all in all, guys, I think... Till next time, we're going to keep those drinks cold and let's keep those chains moving.